You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Jeremy Shear. So AI, it's everywhere, and you're maybe even getting a little tired of hearing about it and reading about it and so on. But hey, if you're a content marketer, then you really have no choice, right? Because ChatGPT and the tons of generative AI apps are here to stay and they're not going anywhere and they're already changing in pretty significant ways how B2B marketers are doing their thing. And I think one concern or maybe challenge is how to use these AI tools without compromising the authenticity of what you're, of the content that you're putting out there without losing that human element that's so important for connecting with people on a human level. Now, these are the kinds of questions that have been on the mind of my guest today. He is Sid Ewing, VP of Marketing at Zola, which is booking software for tour and activity operators. So, Sid, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, so so let's get right into it. What do you see as the biggest challenge for B2B marketers when it comes to generative AI? Yeah, people, you're right. People have been pummeled with this chat GPT stuff, right? AI has been around for a little while. Some, a lot of your savvy content uh, writers will have been using it for quite some time now, but really with GPT coming out to the masses, is now everybody kind of knows about it, right? And there's a lot of fear involved. Will it replace jobs? Of course it will, but cars replace jobs and yep. from the horse and buggy days. So Let's talk about the dangers though when it comes to content. So with content, the biggest concern is that people are going to run to ChatGPT. They're going to put in some pretty general terms. It's going to crank out some pretty good writing, right? But the concern is that it's kind of, it's a circle. It only knows what it knows that it's gathered from the internet. So that's the problem, right? Google really wants, or Google or, or any of the search engines, uh, they want really unique content. They want content that people want to read. And if you've done much research or much writing with AI, you'll realize it's pretty good, but it's not great. It's not super engaging. You really have to know how to use it. You really have to become a prompt engineer. And so if, if content yeah. writers today can become good prompt engineers and not just rely on what's, what the AI spits out, but they're still putting in original ideas, they can get original out, right? It's garbage in, garbage out, or great ideas in and great AI generated or assisted mm -hmm. content out. Just like when Google started really getting big and people started outsourcing writing to Fiverr and, and things like that, mm. it just became very general. And those people, mm. eventually Google will catch up to all this AI content people are generating. I'm sure your viewers and listeners have seen these titles on YouTube. I've got a million hits from AI generated mm. content that it, it's going to go like this and then it's going to drop off. Just like mm -hmm. any other cheap and easy, not well thought out content will, Google and the other SERPs being, they will catch on to this and then they will start to, to demote that. So if you're using it too much and you're not putting the human touch into it, you're probably going to find one day your traffic's mostly gone. So that, it's a big mm. risk there. Okay, right. And, and I think anyone listening to this who's worried about their job being taken, if you're a copywriter or whatever, then... Maybe that you kind of like hearing that to say like, okay, in the yeah. short term, everyone's all excited, but ultimately it's not going to really get the job done. Uh, let's dig into that a little bit, because when yep. you say that what generative AI can generate in terms of writing, it's pretty good, but it's not as good 
And whether it ever will be as good, that's another question we can talk about. But at least right now, it's not as good as something that a human being has really spent time on, right? Like, why not? What is it about the stuff that that AI puts out right now that's just okay, in your opinion? Yeah. So, so part of it's tone and voice. Unless you've learned, here again, if these content writers and copywriters out there are concerned about having their job taken, become an incredible AI prompt engineer. And your writing ability will really shine and you'll become a superhuman and, and you'll and you'll you'll do a great job. It really is great for that. But in terms of the the output, the concern is you put in something general, right? Write me a write me an article about X, Y, Z. That's going to it's going to give you very general because all it's done is gone out there, collected most of the content that's been written by Fiverr content writers. And I'm not I don't mean to pick on Fiverr. I mean, sure. anywhere <laughs> we, we generate a penny, a two, a two cents a piece, nickel, of a word content. If we go out there and do that, it's going to it's just going to respit that out. So what you do to be superhuman is one, you can train it on your voice and style. You learn how to do that. You put in a prompt, you put in writing style examples, and it will mm. learn. And you say, from here on out, write in this style, write in this way. Don't use exclamation points. And, and there's even a level of imagination that you can tell it to use. Kind of go wild mm. or stay closer to facts. So learning how to do that will, will make you superhuman in that way. The other thing is be very specific. Find a topic, find something interesting, and then ask AI about that. And then generate pieces, right? You should rarely be putting something into to GPT or any other writing tool that's on AI and, and just copying, pasting out. So yeah. if you're very specific, if you're digging deep with it, helping it to get new ideas, then you can come out with some really great content. It's so interesting. Right. So th this whole concept of being a prompt engineer, like this is yeah. brand new, right? And already there are like businesses popping up all, all around this. It's amazing how things, how fast things go. And anyone who's played, I think, with ChatGPT knows what you're talking about, right? The more creative, subtle, specific you are in the prompt, the better the output is going to be. There's no exact wrong or right way to do it. You, you kind of play around with it until you get the outcome that, that you want. For me, like someone who was trained as a writer, mm -hmm. I like to think that there's something at the highest or the higher level, certainly at the highest level at writing, that I'd like to think that something like a chat GPT could never quite accomplish. I don't know if that's true. And we're just in the very beginning phases of this technology. So who really knows what's going to happen? But the reason I say that is because <clears throat> here's an example. There's an app that I've started using a little bit or toying around with for podcast uh, show notes, mm -hmm. right? It's a pretty cool app. You upload the audio file and within a few minutes, it spits out all kinds of content, including show notes, right? A description of the show and all that. Yep. And if you're looking for just kind of basic garden variety show notes, it's perfectly good. But I had actually, for this particular episode, I had actually already written some show notes and I compared it with what ChatGPT spat out. And it was so different. And frankly, what I had written was way better. And I had a hard time conceiving that ChatGPT ever could have written what I had written because... It was idiosyncratic. It wasn't even something I'd planned. It just sort of came to me in the moment. Like I was yeah. going for a kind of a certain irreverent style or something. Yes. And maybe you're right that over time with enough reps, like training the AI on exactly that kind of style, it could kind of pull it off. 
but then it's just mimicking it. Like yes. it's never going to have that same freshness. I don't care if it's you're writing a piece of music or write or writing like a, a short story or show notes. If you're really good at it, there can be things that happen in the moment just by the process of doing it that otherwise wouldn't happen. Maybe yeah. we call that creativity. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that something that is uniquely human or is that something that, eh, oh, g give it time and ChatGPT will be able to do that just fine? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, Jeremy, over time, you're right. It will get better at it. But you're absolutely right in that it can do style, right? Tell it to write in, in the style of your favorite author. And it, it, it does a really good job. Or your favorite action star. Like, it's pretty amazing yep. what it can pull off. But you can't replace the new human thoughts, the new connection of new ideas. You, Jeremy's style, right? And you can keep feeding it Jeremy's style. And you can superhumanize your show notes by teaching it your style from the show notes that you wrote and saying, hey, absorb this voice, absorb this tone, give me my show notes again. So you're, you're superhuman, but that's exactly what I'm talking about, Jeremy. You have to load that in for it to, yeah. to give it back out. And you have to continue to do that. And, and it will get better and better, but you're right. It cannot replace that real human touch and those brand new ideas that are coming to you as you're reading through it. Yeah. I, at least for me so far, like I, I found myself at first using chat GPT or at least trying like, okay, let's see, I'm going to use it. Yep. But I recently I've stopped a little bit because I'm like, it's actually in a way easier for me to do it myself. Now that might be because I've been trained as a writer. I've been doing it for years and that's how long it takes to get good, but I can kind of knock stuff out at a pretty high level. I'm not bragging. It's just like, yeah. that's one thing I'm good at. Yeah. And it, it's almost like, okay, put it into chat GPT and figure out the prompt. And it turns out this kind of okay stuff that I have to rewrite anyway. Like, I'll just do it myself. And it's more engaging and it's more fun for me because I'm yeah. more in control of the language. Like, that's what really good writing is. It's having a certain mastery over manipulating language. And when you start to outsource that to a machine, you're really ceding most of the control. And then you can edit it on the back end. But still, that's a very different experience than stringing things together in the moment. I yeah. think it's kind of fundamentally different the more I think about it. Yeah. And this is where great writers are going to shine. Just like you with your experience and your, you have the, you can't replace the EE in the EEAT, right? The experience and the expertise, you can't replace that with AI. Where it's a godsend is for someone like a VP of marketing that's not writing mm -hmm. every day. You may be able to turn out some things, right? Some legal stuff, some quick copywriting, but you'll always have to send it to a good copywriter, right? I have a mm -hmm. great copywriter. Hey, will you, will you clean this up? I did my best with it. So it's great. That's where those jobs that will be lost, right? That's the challenge. Yeah. I won't have to send this to some intermediary. I may be able to have one great copywriter instead of three copywriters that I can throw every little thing at a web copy is social media, right? And ideas is the other thing that it helps you generate. But but you're right. It, you almost get the sense as you use it more and more that this could make humanity stupid, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's in its own circle of information. And if all you're doing is regurgitating the same information and you're putting in the same information, nothing new and creative is coming out of it. And we really need that. That's why I think it will turn these really great content writers into superhuman content writers. Yeah. <laughs> It could make us all stupider. That's 
In some ways, I share your concern there. I think there's a lot of things that can make us stupider, and this is maybe just one of them. But you also raised, though, I think a a good point in something you said earlier, that there is just a lot of farming out of this kind of work to freelancers or or even just agencies, right? Yep. Yep. And I think usually, correct me if I'm wrong in your experience, but when you start doing that, you're already kind of settling for something that's going to be just a little bit flatter have a little bit less depth than what someone who's living the content every day. Like in other words, someone deeply like a subject matter expert, like in your company that has all that life experience and all that stuff, farming it out, even if the person interviews in the subject matter expert, they're at a distance, at a remove. So already there's kind of a compromise there, right? You're like, okay, it'll be good enough for SEO purposes or whatever, but we just don't have the time to do everything in-house, right? So it's maybe this is just part of that continuum. Well, you're right. And I don't mean to slant this too much towards SEO, but as a VP in software companies for last 10 plus years, it's kind of how I think. And think about it, Google, Bing, these other SERPs, they've spent probably a good plus 80% plus of their time trying to find the content that's just being mass produced and saying, this isn't good enough. Mm. I'm not giving this to people. So I personally yeah. don't even think it's good enough for SEO. I've shied away from it for years. In fact, I've wherever I have had the ability to as a VP of marketing, I've always brought an in-house content writer, someone that's mm-hmm. sitting with product, someone that's sitting with customers, someone that's even going to trade shows. What are the keywords? What are the buzzwords? These things set off alarms, right? We all have these BS filters yeah. in our head and we don't consciously know it. But when we're reading, we know when someone knows us, they get us. Yeah. And you need a content writer that's embedded enough in your industry and maybe even company that can talk like that, communicate like that. That really naturally bubbles up. And, and you think it's expensive to have a full-time content writer, but it's cheaper. Well, I should say it's more value because you get more traffic. You get more articles rewritten. You get more backlinks in social media. My my rule of thumb is if I wouldn't grab this article and share it on social media because it's that interesting, then it's not good enough. We we didn't do it. We we missed. We're just putting out another Mm -hmm. article because we had to have a blog post this week. According to our KPIs or something. Right. 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 And, 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 and maybe plan. we need to rethink those. <laughs> uh, rethink them or just get a little deeper, right? Hey, we're going to give two weeks for this great piece and I want it to be shareable. I want it to be worthy of sharing. Right. And that, like what you just said, would really seem to cut against the grain, I think, for the kind of the whole, like much of the value of something like ChatGPT, which is it can do it so much faster. Yeah. Right. We can spend so much less time and it'll just pump this stuff out and we go over it. Right. But is, are these things maybe diametrically opposed to a certain degree that like, clearly the more time you spend on a given piece, the more depth it's going to have, the more nuanced it's going to be. I think that's just, un- un- unless maybe we do get to a point where we look back on the generative AI of today and it just seems laughable how primitive it is and it's advanced so much. So it's hard to predict what might come, but at least right now, the more time you spend on a thing, generally speaking, the better it's going to be. Yeah. And so let's loop back to that. Instead of taking a week, let's take two weeks. I'm even rethinking that statement because now what we can do is we can use AI to cut that need of two weeks down into one week. And I'll give you an example of how. We take an idea. In fact, you can feed a persona 
you can feed your user personas into AI and say, argue with me, give me mm. feedback on this. And you can throw ideas at it that you're thinking and writing on. And it will give you and it'll give you new ideas or new angles or new ways to think about it. You can put in a title and say, I am creating a YouTube video about X subject. It'll be about this. Give me 25 headlines, right? Or this is going on social media. Give me 25 versions of this for a tweet or a LinkedIn post. Mm, and it yeah. will crank those out. So what you're doing with that is, is and you use it to brainstorm ideas too. So yeah. you can take that two weeks maybe now, still have that great human touch in it and produce it in a week. That's where I think the real value mm. will be until or if it ever does come up to being, I want to put this in and come out with really great content. Yeah. Okay. Now that's interesting. That's, that sounds kind of like an argument for using it as like a sounding board, like a brainstorming yes. tool, as you said, right? Yep. yep. Which, yeah, which makes a lot of sense because there is value in just starting somewhere, right? Saying, okay, yeah. just give me a bunch of examples of what this could be. Doesn't mean you have to use any one of them, right? But it's, yeah. it's maybe not so different than if you had a bunch of people around the table and everyone jotted a bunch of stuff down it would yeah. probably look pretty similar. Yeah. And then you, that's just a jumping off point though. I'll give you one more example because I think it's super, super valuable for your podcast listeners. You take a PDF and feed it in. You take video transcriptions and feed it in. And you say, give me five reasons this is interesting. Or mm. you just throw different questions at it. What are the highlights of this? And then all of a sudden, oh, you have the outline of something that really is interesting that you can put really good content writing around. And you've just jumped a whole day's worth of thinking and brainstorming and maybe grinding on it. And as you use AI and, and go back and forth with it, you'll get better and better at it. Yeah. And I guess thinking like a good prompt engineer, right? Maybe even better would be, <laughs> what's, there we are what's, most, what's most interesting about this thing that I just fed to you for this particular audience? Right. right. Or even a yeah. subset of that audience. And that's going to hone it in even more. Yep. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Give me yeah. the highlights. Or if I was coming from this perspective, what would be interesting? And it's, I wouldn't say it's super strong at that yet, but those are the areas I'm confident that it's going to get really good at. Yeah. Anytime I start to talk about this stuff, I try to remind myself that what we're seeing right now is maybe the equivalent of like a kindergartner that's just learned the alphabet and it's just scribbling its first sentences, fast forward even a year from now, let alone five or 10 years. And it's hard to predict, but I think what we're seeing now will look primitive by comparison, and it will become much better and more sophisticated at achieving the kind of levels that I think we're, that we're talking about. Yeah. And, and it is thinking and learning for itself. And I think everybody's waiting for that tipping point to where it starts coming up with original ideas based on its massive information. That's when we might have a change and we might be asking it, hey, XYZ question, and then coming back with something super interesting. And maybe that's something we can just touch up or retweak or put in our voice and tone and then publish. But that, I'm scared to say it's a, a little ways off, right? People say five, 10 years for that, but it's going so fast now. You never know, but I do think it'll be sometime. I could see how, right, that could be yet another kind of turning point when it's starting to come up with things that are like, like the most creative thinkers might do, right? Here's a new right. way of looking at this. that's not just regurgitating 
Or even is there a version of this where it's just an AI that's, we're not even prompting it anymore. Right now, we have to tell it what to do. It doesn't have an agenda or any like motivation to do anything other than what we tell it. Is it possible that will change? I don't. That's another great point. It does have an agenda. It absolutely has an agenda. It is absolutely tilted by the beliefs and biases of those that have written this code, that have created this. So we can't ignore that. That's something we're all going to kind of have to wrestle with. And maybe it'll change its mind someday and say, oh, this is different, that's different. GPT is very noticeable because they've blocked Mm -hmm. so many things, right? If you ask it certain questions or anything that's controversial, it'll kind of shut you down or say, I can't show you something dangerous. But you you can never underestimate that there are biases in the system already just by the people that created it. Yes, right. That is definitely true. And the, the, the second I said agenda, it kind of took it there. And that's not even exactly what I meant. Like what I, and that's absolutely true that like with any piece of software or generative software, right? It's the, whoever codes it is slanting it in one direction or another. I guess I meant like it, it's not self-motivated. It sits inert until you tell it to do a thing. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's not sitting and thinking, I'm bored, I want to go do X, or I'm going to explore Y. But I think that is that tipping point that we're talking about that it may get to. Right, which conjures up all kinds of interesting questions, both practical and philosophical. And yep. that's why you have like big time tech titans like like Elon Musk and others kind of yep. sounding some alarm about some of this stuff. Yeah, it's it? just, well... In, in any case, it's super interesting. And I feel like I could just kind of go on chatting about this all day, but uh, we'll pause here at least for now. So Sid, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yep, LinkedIn, probably the best way. Sid Ewing on LinkedIn, go on there and, and link up with me. That'd be great. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. And meanwhile, thanks for a great discussion. I hope we can continue it. There's so much more to say. Yeah. As this technology continues to develop. Thanks for your time and for sharing your insights. Absolutely. Glad to share. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.